Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. You're listening to Comedy Central. From the most trusted journalists at Comedy Central, it's America's only source for news. This is The Daily Show with your host, Jordan Clever. show for you tonight. We're going to dig into some of the big stories of the day. Oscar-nominated filmmaker Cord Jefferson is here. But first, yes, yes. First, let's get into headlines. Now, as we all know, the Super Bowl was on Sunday. The Kansas City Chiefs won. Taylor, there you are. Three Kansas City Chiefs fans here. Taylor Swift somehow got box seats. Usher's abs were on the outside of his shirt for some reason. It was great. And yesterday, they had a celebratory parade in Kansas City that tragically ended in gunfire. Now, there's still a lot we don't know about the situation. The good news is we do know one of the heroes that helped stop the shooting. Now, it wasn't Missouri's lax gun laws. It wasn't a good guy with a gun. It wasn't anybody bearing arms. It was just a guy with arms. Take a look at this video. It shows the moment that one of them was tackled by a couple of fans who were in the right place at the right time. One guy was hollering and saying, you know, stop him or catch him. And as I'm tackling him, I see his weapon. Bravo to this guy. Bravo. Bravo. Yes. Frankly, not, not just for stopping the shooter, but for executing a flawless tackle in front of the Super Bowl champions. <laughs> But Travis Kelsey is right there, and you're like, watch this form. <laughs> Look, maybe you, maybe you think we don't need gun control. But don't pretend there's any level of security that will prevent something like this from happening. There were more than 800 police officers there, and all they could do was react after it happened. Let me put this in football terms. America needs a defensive strategy that will stop a guy from getting the ball in the first place. Not just hope someone tackles him before he gets to the end zone. That's not a winning strategy, unless you're playing the Jets. <laughs> 
also, we need to limit the size of the ball. That ball is a weapon of war. The founders didn't anticipate the ball would be this big. I'm in too deep with this metaphor. I hear it now. <laughs> you get the idea. I'll tell you what's infuriating, though, is that we're not going to get to have an honest conversation about America's gun problem. Instead, we'll be having a conversation about America's parade problem. Should they have more security? Should they be smaller? Should they replace the confetti with Kevlar? Should the parade just be an email? It's not fun, but those are all the ideas we're allowed to have. Also, one thing I noticed about the media coverage around this is everyone saying today was supposed to be a celebration or the day started out filled with joy. Shouldn't every day be able to end without a mass shooting? Is our bar really that low? Like even my shittiest day, my wife leaves me, the IRS audits me, I go to see Madam Webb, I mean a shitty, shitty day. <laughs> even that day deserves to end without a shooting. Maybe, maybe I'm just a selfish, selfish optimist. You know what, like the rest of the country, let's quickly move on from gun violence and talk about something else. As you know, Donald Trump is on trial in every jurisdiction in America. <laughs> One of the most important trials is down in Georgia, where he's accused of trying to overturn the election. And because this case is so important, it's crucial that the prosecution does everything above board and by the books, AKA, not this. After weeks of mounting questions, Fulton County District Attorney Fonnie Willis acknowledging a romantic relationship with a special prosecutor she hired to lead her case against Donald Trump. Trump and his two co-defendants claim Willis benefited from the money her office paid Wade, saying he had taken her on lavish vacations. D.A. Willis could be disqualified from the case. So could her whole office, potentially. This could really bring the investigation back to square one. Are you kidding me? Seriously! Trump might get off because these two were getting off. The case might be derailed because these two were getting railed. Are we because they I can't believe a legal team's sexual appetite might destroy this case. Now I finally understand why Trump hired Rudy Giuliani as his lawyer. No one's risking their case to see what he's packing. But maybe... Maybe we should give Fonnie Willis the benefit of the doubt. Maybe, maybe she didn't know it was a conflict of interest to have sex with an employee. In 2020, Fonnie Willis was asked why Fulton County voters should elect her as DA instead of her opponent. They deserve a DA that won't have sex with his employees because they deserve a DA that won't put money in their own pocket. Ooh. Okay, that's tough, okay. Uh... But to be fair, she kept her promise. She did not have sex with his employees, just hers. <laughs> I guess we call that progress. Now, one of the accusations against Fawny Willis is that after she hired her boyfriend, he kicked back money to her by taking her on lavish vacations. And today they questioned Nathan Wade about those vacations. And the answers didn't exactly roll off his tongue. I'm asking if you remember paying for a cabin six months ago in Tennessee. No. You remember booking a cabin? I booked lots of cabins. Did you go to a cabin with Miss Willis ever? Ever? Ever. (laughs) 
No. I don't care what you're answering. Anytime you pause that long, it's suspicious. Also, who books so many cabins they can't keep track of them? You're either Davy Crockett or a serial killer. So after today, things are not looking good for special prosecutor Nathan Wade. But he does have an option here. He sexed his way into this mess. He just might have to sex his way out. If his loving is so good that a prosecutor is willing to break the rules for it, then he's got to sex everybody into breaking the rules for him. Sex the judge. Sex the jury. Sex the bailiff. If the clerk wants some sex, sex the clerk. If Manu Raju is outside the courtroom, sex the Raju. And if it comes down to it, he's going to have to sex Donald Trump. If he's that good, it ought to do the trick. Trump will walk out of that courtroom like, the case is rigged, but the D is fire. As for Fonnie Willis, when she took the stand today, she denied any wrongdoing and also tried to bring some perspective to the day. You're confused. You think I'm on trial. These people are on trial for trying to steal an election in 2020. I'm not on trial, no matter how hard you try to put me on trial. Yes, thank you. Donald Trump is the one on trial, which is why you should have been more careful. This is possibly the most important trial in the country right now, and it could be completely derailed, not because of the evidence or the facts, but because two people got horny. So maybe the first thing we need is some new HR training. Hello. If you're watching this video, you're one of the 200,000 prosecutors currently working on a Donald Trump case. There's been some confusion lately over whether you should hire a person you're f***ing to prosecute the most important case in the nation. So we wanted to just take a moment to clarify. Don't. Don't do that. Remember, there are over 330 million other Americans. You can have sex with any of them or hire them as a prosecutor, but not both. <laughs> it should be pretty obvious. <laughs> While we're at it, here are some other super obvious things to avoid that I can't believe I have to say out loud. Don't bribe the judge. Don't bribe the defendant. Don't burn down the courtroom. Don't join ISIS. Don't hire ISIS. Don't try to sell the judge drugs. Don't hire a stripper cop to be the bailiff. No, under any circumstances, toilet cams. Don't slurp up the defendant's bathwater. Don't recruit the jury into a multi-level marketing scheme. Don't sell tickets to the trial on StubHub. And finally, don't steal the judge's organs and sell them on the black market. By following these simple rules, you can maintain your integrity and not, legally speaking, this up, you idiot. Thank you, and good luck in court. When we come back, more romance, so don't go away. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. 
That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com news. That's LifeLock.com news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. This week, to celebrate that, our Grace Coolidge-Schmidt takes us through the most romantic people she knows. When you think of the most romantic men ever, who do you think of? Jack Dawson? Noah Calhoun? No, dum-dum. Those are made-up characters played by actors who have restraining orders against me. For me, the most romantic men on the planet are the men who have served as president of the United States of America. And there are so many to choose from. Romantics like black and white president Woodrow Wilson. Woody met his special lady Mary Holbert Peck in beautiful Bermuda while his wife stayed home with their sick daughter. Can you believe it? That's like straight out of a rom-com. In fact, Wilson was so smitten with Mary, he even wrote her love letters. Quote, you really must come down to relieve me. That is so romantic. He truly wanted to bust in that chick. Fellas, take notes. Another president of passion was Warren G. Harding. And the G must stand for gentlemen, because even though his wife was chronically ill, he still found time to sleep with other women. Our lovable Warren was such a Romeo that during his campaign, he paid not one, but two women to keep their affairs secret. Stick me in the freezer because my heart is melting. One of these beloved blackmailers was Carrie Phillips, a possible German spy. Yeah, Harding was willing to risk divulging state secrets and endanger national security, all for love. Oh, I promised I wouldn't cry. <laughs> of course, when it comes to romantics, it's hard to top Franklin D.R. There was no one more in love or more faithful to his wife, secretary. FDR kept seeing her for decades, even though his cousin wife, Eleanor, was not a fan. Love conquers all, bitch. In fact, FDR was so committed to his one true mistress, he even gave up walking so he could save all his energy for boning her. Ladies, if your man can walk, that's a red flag. But perhaps America's most romantic president was none other than John F. Kennedy Airport Jr. President Airport Jr. had so much love to give, it couldn't be contained in one woman or two women, or three, or four, or 17 women, actually. 
Two of these lucky lovers were White House interns that Kennedy referred to as, get this, <laughs> this is so cute, Fiddle and Faddle. Oh, no one's ever called me Faddle. They just take the time to learn my real name. Oh. And while historians debate whether Marilyn was really one of JFK's lovers, this footage of her singing happy birthday to him is one of the most genuine, purest displays of affection ever captured on film. At 125, the motorcade moves into the downtown area. No, 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 that is not the right JFK video, stop! And last but certainly least, President Lyndon B. Johnson. Even when he was busy with president stuff, LBJ always put his lover first. He even had a bell installed in the Oval Office so the Secret Service could warn him when his wife was coming. Are those wedding bells I hear? Nope. It's the get off my dick and hide in the filing cabinet bell. So sweet. Lyndon's relationship with his devoted side piece spanned decades of his marriage until sadly, she broke up with him over his involvement in the Vietnam War. That's right, the Vietnam War also had a dark side. Who knew? So next Valentine's Day, if you're trying to inject a little romance into your life, you don't need to go to a fancy restaurant or an expensive jewelry store. Just book a ticket to Washington DC and apply for a job as an intern at the White House. <laughs> Sir, you wanted to see me? Very sweet, but I, I don't know how romantic that actually was. You realize those were all extramarital affairs. What? Oh my God, that's so much hotter. <laughs> I guess it was. Grace Coolidge made everyone. When we come back, Oscar nominated filmmaker Cord Jefferson will be joining me on the show. Don't go away. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com iHeart. 
That's lifelock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Welcome back to The Daily Show. My guest tonight is a director and Emmy-winning writer whose film, American Fiction, is currently nominated for five Academy Awards. Please welcome Cord Jefferson. Feature film debut, and you get five Academy Award nominations. Yeah. I'm curious how you're feeling about it and how you're, you're wielding that strength now. <laughs> uh, I'm not wielding it too much, unfortunately. I no. probably should be more demanding, yeah, but I'm not. I'm, uh, I feel a little overwhelmed, you know. It, it is, we made this movie with very little money and very little time. We, we didn't make it under these great auspices, and so to be here right now, Sitting with you is is beyond my wildest dreams. This must be your highlight. Yeah, right man, now, this right? is crazy. You know, truly, I, I, uh, I don't really get nervous in interviews anymore. But I'm pretty nervous here right now. The really? daily, yeah, man, the yeah? daily show's a big deal. You have yeah. nothing to be nervous about. All right, <laughs> all right. So I want to talk Palestine. Okay, that's great. Everybody, everybody, get out your phone. There you go. Start putting this on the internet. I'm happy to do it. Like, my publicist is going to love this. They're like, let's get into this. <laughs> well, I mean, this this movie, it causes a ton of conversations. Mm-hmm. It's, it's It feels very of the now. And when I watched this, I think what I was surprised to find out that it's based on a book from 20 years ago. Yeah. Right? But it's still so relevant today. What did you see in that story that made you want to tell this story now? Oh, my God, man. Uh, so three months before I found this novel, Erasure by Percival Everett, that I adapted... Uh, I sent in a script to some executives and they, they sent me back a note that a character in it, a black character, needed to be blacker. And I said, I, I sort of, I, I said, I will indulge this note if whoever gave it w- is willing to sit down with me and tell me what it means to be blacker. Tell me how to make somebody blacker. And of course that note went away because they probably knew they were setting themselves up for like a huge civil rights lawsuit and so <laughs> they dropped it. And you know, but that, that was just one of the many instances in my TV and film writing career where it's like people just have this very limited perspective of what it means to be a black what it means to be a black writer they have a very limited perspective of what black stories look like what black life looks like and so when I read this book that, that was published in 2001 but it, it felt like it was written yesterday um, yeah I just I was so overcome with sort of this idea that it felt like it was written specifically for me I just understood the characters so well yeah I think one of the targets of this film is is white liberal audiences mm-hmm. and first off how dare you <laughs> Do you get exhausted talking to white liberals about this movie and having to explain race to them over and over again? To be like, what is the deal with race in America? Um, no, actually. I mean, I mean, I mean, maybe a little bit, but I've set myself up for this. This is like, this is what I, this is the work that I put into the world. So I'm happy to chat about it. Yeah. I mean, I think what's interesting about this movie too is that it's not only it's it's a satire, it's a political satire, but it's also really heartfelt. Mm-hmm. I was surprised by that. It was it really follows a family. Yeah, it follows the struggles that they have. Um, why was that important for you to tell and to, to marry with it? It seems like that's those those don't always go together when you see satirical films. Yeah, and that's you know I wanted the movie to be satirical, but never 
farcical. Mm -hmm. And so sort of the clip that you played right there, I think, is, is, more, is one of the grounding moments of the film. I didn't want it to feel like it was so funny or got so silly that it became slapsticky. Right. I always wanted it to feel, because I feel like when, when satire gets kind of slapsticky, it sort of it lets people off the hook. It sort of like says, like, this entire thing's a joke that you can laugh at. You don't need to take it seriously. And I think that this movie sort of makes some people uncomfortable sometimes, and I'm okay with that. I think that, I think that every time I'm experiencing a piece of art and it, make, it makes me uncomfortable, I kind of lean in because I think that sort of wisdom is on the other side of that discomfort. Well, I, I want to talk a little bit about the ending. I don't want to give it away, but yeah. this, this movie ends and you sort of, there, there, there's a meta ending. And I wonder if that comes out of network notes, wanting you to end this movie for a certain audience, if that comes out with you, either not knowing how you wanted to end it or wanting to end it in a way that leaves people with their own ways in which they can end the story? Like, how did you approach wrapping this thing up? Yeah, so so the novel that I adapted is very metatextual. It's sort of, and, and, and the epilogue of the novel is this Latin phrase that translates to, I offer no hypothesis. And so to me, that, that meant that it was- Great Hollywood ending. Right <laughs> Just a Latin, a Latin phrase used with mathematics. People love that. Gotcha, baby. Yeah, I love that ending and the ending to seven, huge my two Hollywood, favorite endings. Hollywood ending. Yeah. Uh, and so, and so, uh, I didn't want the ending to be didactic. I wanted the I wanted the ending to feel audacious. And so, I, I wanted I. I was trying to figure out what the ending was going to be, and one of the producers called me and said, the movie's a big swing. Try to write an ending that feels like a big swing, too, because I was kind of stuck as to what the ending would be. And so I wrote an ending that feels as audacious as the rest of the movie. Um, and yeah, I think that I didn't want to spoon-feed people lessons. Like it said, I offer no hypothesis. I'm giving you some scenarios and some, some characters. It sort of offers you uh, an opportunity to think for yourself and decide how you want to think about things. I mean, I do think this movie also asks a lot of questions yeah. about about what Hollywood wants in movies from black filmmakers yeah. and what a white audience will respond to. Yeah. Uh, and you make this film. Yeah. And then a primarily white Oscar public is yeah. like, we love this film. <laughs> and I wonder how you, is that, is that a sweet revenge? Is that an extension of the meta story that you're telling? It feels like there's a conversation about people enjoying your film that's already happening within your film. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, it is, you, I'm basically slowly cosplaying as Jeffrey Wright. I'm looking at myself right now, and I'm becoming Jeffrey Wright. Yeah, do you in normally the movie. wear these glasses? Those are Jeffrey yes, Wright glasses. I know. Jeff, this is a Jeffrey Wright suit. I'm going gray like Jeffrey Wright. <laughs> so it's getting more and more. I'll tell you how meta it's gotten. The other day, Percival Everett, the author of the novel Erasure, was stopped in a coffee shop in LA. This is a true story. And as somebody asked him if he was Jeffrey Wright. And he what? said, no, I'm not Jeffrey Wright, I, but I wrote the book that Jeffrey Wright is now in the movie based on. So it is all, it is all uh, you know, I, I, I like to maybe think that maybe this will all be, maybe after the Oscars, I'll reveal that I'm a white guy. <laughs> and nobody will know. You guys don't know. I've been, maybe. I tell you what. Maybe I've been in blackface this whole time and it's just a big trick. God damn, I love it. <laughs> That would supersede the ending of Seven yeah. for me, so I would appreciate it if you did that. I'm just Toby Maguire. People what? don't know that. I'm Toby Maguire. You were Toby Maguire this <laughs> the whole time. time. Court Jefferson's not real. American fiction is now playing in theaters everywhere. Court Jefferson. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back after this. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. 
Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. That's our show for tonight, but before you go, Please consider donating to Every Town for Gun Safety. They work with local, federal, and state governments to end gun violence and build safer communities. If you want to support them in this work, please donate at the link below. Explore more shows from The Daily Show podcast universe by searching The Daily Show wherever you get your podcasts. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central and stream full episodes anytime on Paramount+. Plus. This has been a Comedy Central podcast. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.